Buenos dias, mis hermanos y hermanas, and good morning, my brothers and sisters. This is our 21st episode of the Good Morning Guys podcast. Thanks for joining us on this fine morning or afternoon, evening, or night as we continue discussing the game of life amidst the other games we love to watch and play. I am one of your hosts, the best wish exploiter and Brazilian mountaineer, Lucas Ham. And also to my left or my right, depending on which way you're looking, the judge, jury, and executioner of fake news, the shape-shifting quiet man himself, Patrick Novosel. Good morning. And also, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's future best friend slash stalker, who can make you laugh in three words or less, Ronnie Johantis. <laughs> and last, but certainly not least, a man with music in his heart and Doctor Who on his brain, our retired little riding champion, Catalina the Great. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I just, wow. <laughs> just wow. Good morning. Yeah, Catalina's ready to go, a.k.a. Mark Boucher. <laughs> if this I, is I your first I time joining us, I guess so. We're going to have to go with it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome Studies show that listening to our show produced good morning vibes that will get you through the day ahead. Unless you're not a fan of mornings, then sorry, we can't help you. If it's not your first Wait, time... There's, there's people doing studies on us? Not just one study. People are doing studies on this Studies. Podcast? Multiple studies. Yeah. Surprise! So uh, Surprise. when is the uh, money coming in? What kind of money are we getting? Uh, the, I'm, that's part of the non-disclosure agreement. It's not until the study's completed that we get the money. Uh, okay, so they're just in the <laughs> middle of it. I got it. Because that's how that got works. It. Yep, that's how it works. That's what well, I Googled it a couple times just to make sure. <laughs> so, you know, uh, if it's not your first time joining us, then welcome back. If you haven't left by now, you probably never will, unless the world ends sometime soon and you will have bigger things to worry about or bigger things to be excited about depending on your eschatological viewpoint. You know what I mean? Nope. I do. What is that? What eschatological? Is that Esca- eschatological viewpoint, my friend. <laughs> no. And is that times. some sort of like uh, music music genre? What is that? No, that's, that's I think scat. I, know th- I think I know this scat. one. Scat. Scat that to that. <laughs> In end times. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's just how you view the end times, how the world's going to end. Anyways, with that, yeah. let's get into the what's nude news, and let's start with our buddy Ronnie. Ronnie, tell us something good, like for the 16th right. time you watch Superman. Ooh. I did not watch it, but what I will say is I did think about watching it. <laughs> That's a step, I guess. How long this time? I think last week was like a half a second. So we're going. It's been on a while a... since I thought of it. It's been a while. No, so my week we had uh, a short week for us. Um, only five days in between recording. I pretty much didn't do anything. Uh, I had some buddies over on Saturday, and uh, we played Call of Duty, uh, pretty much just against each other. Uh, well, that was that's a pretty something. good time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a really good night. And uh, Saturday, I watched the Super Bowl. Um, oh, and so nearly so fell asleep for like three hours. 
<laughs> nearly fell asleep. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. Like, did you guys watch the game? It was a very boring game the whole mm. time. Nobody was scoring. Like, it was. It was, it was late in the watch. second quarter, and I was downstairs by myself just watching the game. And my wife calls down, and she's like, "Patrick," and <laughs> she wakes me up. <laughs> I was like, she woke oh, no. you how up. Long I, oh. How long have I been asleep? And I look at the score. <laughs> Still three nothing. I'm like, yep, I didn't miss anything. Jeez, <laughs> oh, <laughs> single thing. Uh, it was uh, it was just it was a very boring game. I was actually rooting for the Patriots to win, so I uh, I I like the outcome just because I think what they do is amazing. Um, but literally, other than that, I have done nothing. So I will pass the torch. All right. Who wants to uh, who wants to take the mic from here? Looking for volunteers. Uh, Nobody. I'll, All right. I'll take it. All right, Catalina. I'll go again. All right. Yeah, let's hear it, Catalina. <sighs> okay, so, yeah, the only major things of note that happened uh, this past week for me, um, I, think, I think it was either Friday or Saturday night, um, Pat, I think you and I, and Matt was there as well, right? Right. Uh, we, did the, uh, we did the Anthem demo, the open demo this weekend, um, which, I mean... I enjoyed the game personally, and I'm a little torn as to whether or not I would actually buy it or not. Um, and it sounds like a lot of people are are kind of like eh about it. Um, so you didn't enjoy it that much. You just enjoyed it enough to play a demo, but not. I I enjoyed it. it. I enjoyed it, but a lot of that game is kind of circled around you know, the multiplayer element of it, you know, right. squatting up and that kind of stuff. And people, it sounded like people, a lot of people were just kind of on the fence about it. Um, they're like, it's good, but we're not buying a day one or whatever. I'm going to wait till it's on sale. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of sucks the fun out of it for me. Um, but what what I played of it of the demo was was fun. It was great. I loved being able to fly around in your in your javelin, um, and do all that kind of stuff. And and the the upgrades and stuff seemed pretty pretty fun. Now, granted, I don't know um, because you're only going from level ten to level fifteen um, in the demo. I don't know what the early stages are like in terms of progression and stuff like that. So. Um, I don't know if it'll be around the same or not, but um, you're probably yeah. just a guy with a jetpack and a helmet, and then you're wearing like a t-shirt and cargo shorts. And you're just flying around like, yeah, it's an actual javelin, and then eventually <laughs> you you upgrade it enough to wear it, and then there you go. That's how the name came to be. Makes sense, and I will not buy it. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> But uh, I mean, I had a lot of fun with uh, with Patrick and and Arctic Warlocks. Matt um, definitely had a lot of fun with that. Um, Saturday, of course, was Groundhog Day. Um, yeah, and yeah it appar- was. apparently the uh, the Groundhog did not see his shadow. Here um, comes spring. Which, yeah, I always get which, that mixed up every year. Like. Whether he, what it I means would, for him to see or not see a shadow, like he just comes out and he picks his nose, eats some grass, chirps at people, and then runs back into well, his. Isn't it when hole. he sees his shadow? We have six more weeks of winter. 
That's correct. Yeah, because you get scared, be, right? If he sees his shadow, the sun is shining. Wouldn't that mean the sun is out? Yeah, that would make quick sense. Quit, quit confusing the issue with facts, Patrick. <laughs> hey, don't bring science into this. <laughs> don't try to how make dare, this scientific. How dare you use logic, Patrick? No, dare, hold on. Go, to go you. back to that, you said that if he sees his shadow, he gets scared of it? That's Apparently. What, that, that's what I've heard. And so because he gets scared by seeing his shadow, that means, oh no, doom is upon us and we have six more weeks of winter. You know Even though, say? like... Shadows are demons, right? I mean, <laughs> whoa, that's what whoa. they all say. <laughs> Apparently, that's what I'm Patrick Novoselic says. <laughs> Fake news. What I think is the like two things that are hilarious about this holiday. Number one, the fact is, like, anytime you see this groundhog, they literally just like yank him out of there. Like, how does he even have time to see anything other than this this coated like dressed up dude just grabs him? And there's like a bunch of people in front of him. How does he have time to see anything? And and the other it's thing, fixed. Yeah. Well, he he lives the same day over and over again, so he can see a ton of things. Ah, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> Fortunately, he just gets pulled out of that cage to see a shadow every single day. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, Phil, um, is that you, Ned? <laughs> um. But the other thing is, like, whenever they have that, the you know, their big ceremony and stuff, when when the groundhog supposedly comes out and and all this stuff, um, they have all these lights shining on him and stuff. Like, how do you not see your shadow? That's in, true. In that? Like, I feel like I've never once watched that. Yeah, I've only yeah, seen. Yeah, you know like, a lot about that. I never knew there were lights involved. I thought it always happened during the day. So. I've only ever seen it the after the fact, but like early in the morning like that, it wouldn't be that bright out. Um, they do take lots of pictures though, so there's a lot of flashes going. Yeah. What if cameras. it's cloudy? Then spring is coming because he won't see his shadow. Yep. But anyway, I don't get my weather from a uh, from a groundhog, so just saying. Um, the omnipotent so... Phil. <laughs> oh, that old punxatani. I have Phil. a serious question. Is a groundhog and a gopher basically the same exact thing? Uh, no, I don't think so. Fake news. I think it's real. They're the same. Really? Thing. Yeah. One's I a don't, nick- I mean, one's a nickname, I, and one is the real name. I am not an authority on such I thought matters. The gopher was the name of the animal. I think I thought gopher was the nickname. Teeth. I don't know, man. I don't know. Gopher. Gopher says stump. Stump the show. <laughs> gopher <laughs> said bigger teeth for being able to chop. Wait, you know, no, kind of groundhogs have the power to predict if spring is coming or winter oh, is see, staying. That's... Gophers don't have that power. So they're like... They don't. They're from Caddyshack. They're like squibs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, and they the only came from. They can only be found in golf courses. Mm. Whereas mm-hmm. groundhogs can be found anywhere and they, pre- they can predict the, the weather. And anytime a gopher pops out, it's always to Kenny Loggins, I'm all right. Just saying. Yeah. That is true. But, um, <laughs> so, in the Wait, spirit of... Uh, hold on. I'm sorry. I have one more serious question. If they <laughs> okay, made a movie... If they if they made a movie about Groundhog Day, like um, like about the Groundhog, could Dwayne The Rock Johnson play the Groundhog? <laughs> he probably could. The Rock he says six groundhog. more weeks of winter. So, is this a <laughs> Pixar movie? Is he like... Are you talking him Giant Groundhog... Him? 
No, no, he like plays the groundhog. They put him in a suit, and he comes out of the ground. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> and he like does the he does the eyebrow thing, and they're like, if yeah. his eyebrow goes too high, spring is coming. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> but if it doesn't go high enough, give somebody a winter is staying. <laughs> if he gives somebody a rock bottom, six more weeks of winter. <laughs> yes. If he calls somebody a jabroni, that's an early spring. Um, okay, continue. In, this, in the spirit of Groundhog Day um, and the fact that I had never actually watched this movie ever. I can't believe you never uh, watched this movie, Mark. It's just not one of those things like I was. I had heard so much about it, but I wasn't so interested in watching it. But then I talked to talked to my wife, and I was like, let's watch this. And she's like, okay, yeah. And so we watched Groundhog Day, starring Bill Murray. Yeah. And, yes. uh, and? It, was, it was fantastic. Like, I can't believe I waited this long to watch this movie. Like, uh, the story is so well thought out. And obviously, Bill Murray is Bill Murray. He does such a great job. Um now, since we're I, talking about it, real quick, do you think now that you've watched it, could you give a, an elevator pitch? We haven't done an elevator pitch in a long time, and I think it would be very appropriate to give a Groundhog Day, uh, Catalina the Great Edition, <laughs> elevator yes. pitch for Groundhog Day. I think, I think I can. What are you What are you feeling? Just for our listeners that maybe haven't watched Groundhog Day or they've forgotten what it's about. So. Basically, uh, weatherman who is kind of full of himself. Uh, We're already at my floor. I got to get off the elevator. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Man, rude. Ronnie's doing the hardcore elevator pitch moment. I feel like Mark, you're getting interviewed, and you just got shot down by your potential boss. Rude. Rude. Absolutely rude. Anyway, I'll stay on for a few more floors. Good. Um, <laughs> good. So Bill Murray, yeah. So Bill Murray plays a uh, a weatherman who is kind of full of himself and is kind of forced to travel. I guess this is in Pennsylvania, and he has to travel to Punxsutawney because it's going to be Groundhog Day, and he's covering the whole groundhog experience. And he's kind of a you really got kind of a jerk. Got to work on these elevator pitches, man. <laughs> You've covered like the first five minutes. <laughs> okay, come on, I can elevator go pitch mark. Don't, don't think. Just, just give okay. people a taste. So everybody, regroup. pompous, pompous jerk weatherman gets forced to stay in Punxsutawney and relive Groundhog Day over and over and over again, by therefore humbling himself. There you go, and learning okay. his the error of his ways. All right, all right. All right. So you, you thought it was fantastic? Yes, I did. I thought it was very good. Um, that makes thought, me feel this... all happy inside. I'm glad. I'm glad, Lucas. Um, but yeah, this, the story was great. All the characters were great. I can't help but see Chris Elliott and be reminded of the fact that he was the Tostitos guy for a long time. Um, Chris Elliott's the cameraman in the movie. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. He used to be the spokesperson for Tostitos. Um, 
and he was on Saturday Night Live. But um, yeah, everything about the movie was great. Um, just really well thought out and funny. Um, and my wife enjoyed it as well. So definitely, definitely a great time. Um, and then Sunday night, of course, we, we went to a Super Bowl party, even though I'm not that big into sports, but it was more so to spend time with family because I went to my, uh, my sister's house, um, got to spend time with them, had the game on, um, though we weren't really paying a whole lot of attention to it, um, played some games and stuff, we watched the halftime show, we watched, we watched uh, Adam Levine basically slowly remove several articles of his clothing throughout the entirety Sed- of... Mm. <laughs> Seduce the crowd? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you know, SpongeBob was involved, and... <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. I will say that was a great moment, even though they cut it off at the best part. But, you know... Um, but I wasn't too interested in the game. It was more so a time time with family. Although I was kind of wanting the Patriots to win because they are my home team. Um, so, And I was glad they won, although it was apparently a very slow, boring game and very low scoring um, for in terms of how Super Bowls go. Um, but uh, Second, second but, lowest scoring in the history of the Super Bowl. Really? Yikes. I remember seeing a uh, a thing online where it was like a picture of a dude with a stick, and he was poking this little image of of the um, the Patriots Rams Super Bowl logo, and it's like, come on, d- do something, do something. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's all sorts of funny little memes like that coming out of that, but um, yeah, that was pretty much pretty much my week was was mainly um those few things and the anthem demo and uh besides obviously uh the uh the announced apex legends game um which mm-hmm. is set in the quote unquote titanfall i guess universe um i think the next thing on my on my backlog list that i'm going to jump into is um i i haven't touched uh Zelda A Link Between Worlds and I've been really wanting to play that. So bringing out your 3DS. Uh, yeah, well tech I have a 2DS um cuz I didn't have the money to one sp- of the DSs. I didn't have the money to spend on a 3DS. Um so you and I don't care about DS. the 3D. <laughs> I don't need that Fair extra enough. DS. Um yeah, right. I don't really care about the 3D element of it. Um but I, as many of you know um, I love Zelda games, so I'm excited to play this game. And I was a huge fan of, of Link to the Past. Um, so, and this is very much the spiritual successor to that. Um, so, I'm excited to play it. But yeah, that was pretty much my week. Uh, Patrick, how was your week, sir? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I am along the lines of Ronnie. I didn't do much at all i mean this past week was cold i mean negative 20 negative 30 degrees cold so (laughs) we kind of just hung inside the house this past week uh we Uh watched movies we played games uh we played some board games 
you know, built Legos, you know, all the stuff that you do inside when you can't go outside. Um, I watched uh, three movies uh, over the weekend. I watched uh, Groundhog Day. I I obviously had to watch that on Saturday. Um, Of course. And then I I rewatched Infinity War. uh, Nice. That's that's just, I just love, love everything about that movie. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed that uh, Ant Man and the Wasp was is now on Netflix, so I threw mm-hmm. that bad boy on. I rewatched that one again, um, so I, I enjoy enjoyed that one as well. Um, my daughter, she has she's up she does dance, and tonight I went to her took her to dance tonight, and uh, every I think like three months they do an observation night where the parents can actually go into the class and watch them do the dance, see what they've learned, they're learning so far. Uh, because normally uh, they're in their room and the parents are sitting outside of the room uh, in the hallway while they, cause they don't want any distractions. They want the kids to focus, you know, on the teacher and things like that. So uh, tonight was one of those nights. So I had, I had planned on bringing my Vita and playing, uh, playing a game. And I brought, <laughs> Then I then I noticed oh it's parent observation night it's a good thing I came so so I went so I went ahead and, uh, and watched that instead of playing the games which is fun I mean like watching watching Claire learn and uh, and listen and being in her element uh, in dancing it's kind of cool watching her grow up like that so I enjoyed doing that it was kind of better than than just sitting in the hallway playing a game playing a game even though that is also very fun mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you got you got a bronze so speaking, trophy for being a supportive parent, so that's all good. Only a bronze trophy? Jeez. So how many how many well, yeah, trophies just, are in It's just one observational class. It's not like you've observed every class for the whole year. Okay, so hold on. So if if I when do I get the platinum? How many tr- what kind of trophies do I need to get? What's a gold trophy? Oh, you like get the for graduating college or No, that she did that, not you. Walking her down the aisle, gold trophy. Oh, all right. Okay. And That's all the trophies there are. Well, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't Man, written out the putting them on the spot yet. there. Man. And, the, and well, clearly the platinum game. trophy is is when you're on your deathbed and you're like, "I love you," and she says, "I love you," and then you die. Ding, platinum trophy. <laughs> Hold on, wait, wait. So I die and then I get the platinum trophy? Dang it, I can't even hear the yeah. thing. <laughs> nope. Oh, no. I know you hear it like while you're floating away from your body. Maybe that's spoilers. Uh, okay. so I'm getting ahead of myself. But then I, but then I can't Bling! share it. Trophy. Death I can't break. share my platinum trophy yeah. on social media if I after I die. I'd be like, hey, after I'm gone, can you do me a favor? Can you just can go you on my this? Twitter? Here's my username and password. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> She's got you covered. Don't worry. Uh, Claire will be looking out for you. Um, no, probably when you have probably when you have grandbabies, that would be a good platinum trophy. When you become a grandpa, you've like done all you. So can is this do. like a game where I would get multiple platinums? Because I'm gonna try to get them all. Well, yeah, they stack between like po- Claire like and and both Claire and uh, your son, Superman Junior. Oh, Clark. Okay. There it is. I know I'd remember his <laughs> name eventually. Junior. Like Superman Junior, Clark. <laughs> It's all the same. So, um, yeah, speaking of Platinums, I did not get any Platinums this week. It was the first week that I did not get any Platinums what? in 2019. 
I am sorry. Loser. I'm slacking. Uh, you are slacking, man. I, I, I you feel like you you're way ahead of the curve, though. So. I know. I, no. The, the, he said he was going to get reasons? 12 a month. That's what he said. Holy crap. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to go find those like 45-minute Platinums, and I'm just going to buy like 30 of them. And yeah. I mean, that won't even get that won't even get me that won't even get me through April. Anywho, uh, I didn't get any platinums, so womp womp. But the reason why I didn't get any platinums is because I played a ton of Red Dead uh, this past week. Yeah, you got uh, some you got some work to do, my friend. Yeah, uh, I think I have four trophies left in Red Dead Redemption for the story mode, and then after I'm done with that, I can go on. I'm gonna go on to the online. But the last four trophies are gonna be another like thirty hours to get because it's like, hey, you need to go find every single plant. You need to uh, tame every single wild horse. You need to, and it's just like, oh my gosh, this is going to be just long and boring. So what I've been doing is I just turn it on and then I'll turn on either Twitch on my phone or my laptop or listen to a podcast while I'm doing it. So it's not too boring, but man, these are some just rough trophies to to get. And I can see like the two trophies that I got were uh, you need to skin uh, all the animals in the world and then you actually and then also you have to wow study. that's that's pretty hardcore yeah it's getting all the animals yeah. in the world it's like there's no animals <laughs> left because you skin them all that's yes, awful there is six billion species that i had to get that's too uh, bad yeah it's just Hope like Peter doesn't are, find out about that when i when i got it it, it popped and i went in there like oh sweet okay so i went and looked and it was it's like 0.1 percent of all people who have played this have gotten that trophy i'm like yeah no wonder and it was only a bronze trophy i'm like this was a bronze this should have been a definite gold trophy so um other than that uh, i played like uh mark said we played anthem um and i had fun with it but uh, right now, um, I can't play another open world game. I've already got Red Dead, you know, as far as open world. That sucks a lot of time away. Um, so I'm going to hold off on Anthem. I kind of said uh, uh, previously that, you know, I'm going to wait for a sale. And by the time it goes on sale, I'm going to buy another game. <laughs> and then it's just going to just one of those games. It's just going to going to I'm going to miss um, in my gaming catalog. So. Um, I'm yeah. not too worried about it. There's there's a, other, a whole bunch of other games that are out there that um, I'm gonna I'm gonna play. But yeah, yeah. I'm there's so many other games. Game. I don't I don't think it's worth forcing it. Like if it really doesn't yeah. tickle your fancy or get your attention, it is. What I mean, it, is. it was you fun. Never know what'll uh, come up. But but yeah, uh, I'll uh, I'll wait and and if it comes it goes on sale and and other a whole bunch of people are playing it. It's like one of those you know. Uh, ever evolving, ever growing destiny kind of games. Maybe, maybe, but I mean, I only played the demo. Like Mark said, it was only levels 10 to 15. I, I'm, I'm more of like a story guy. So uh, I didn't mm-hmm. get a lot of the story in the demo or like right. a taste of the story. So um, the story might be cool. Um, if it is, who knows? Um, maybe I'll just mainline it or something like that. And not worry about all the exploration mm-hmm. exploration. I might like rent it or game fly it or something like that. Uh, but right. I don't know. We'll see, uh, but uh, yeah, that's me. How about you? Back that's to you. you. Well, I guess back to me. I guess 
it's come back uh, to me. I'm the only one left standing to share some news. So, uh, though it hasn't been too long since our last podcast, some things have been going on um, for a variety of reasons. I started up some private English classes, conversation classes over the web um, because I needed a little extra cash and because a couple weeks ago uh, I actually had a dream and ironically it was a conversation with Jesus in my dream. Uh, just like I talked about last week in the three wishes. Yeah. R- right. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was so weird. And, and I had made the connection before, but I didn't bring it up last week because it just didn't, it didn't actually come to mind. But then uh, during this past week when I started up, uh, I started up two separate classes with, with two people that um, I, I either knew personally or I had a personal connection with a friend of theirs in a city I used to live in. Um, and while I was talking to one of them, he was like, why are you even doing this conversation class? And I, and I just all of a sudden remembered the dream. And so in the dream, it wasn't anything, um, elaborate. It was just, I was hanging out with Jesus and he's like, so what are you going to do? And I'm like, I think I need to start doing some private classes in English. And he's like, okay. And then I woke up. It was that like, (laughs) like less than 10, 15 seconds. And then I just woke up and I was like, but it's weird because it was so vivid. It was in, and I think Part of the reason I had the dream is because I've actually been resistant to do the private classes only because I kind of sometimes find, which every week we do this, I kind of sometimes find uh, video conferencing and Skype and FaceTime to be sometimes a little awkward just because you have those moments where you're like interrupting each other or you have those uncomfortable moments of silence. Like that. like that and so <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it, i just i don't like it and i like to have face-to-face meetings with people but i've had a number of people in different cities that i've lived in before people i have friendships with and they said hey if you you ever get a chance i really want to practice my english and you know i'd pay you and all this stuff and so you know it just from that dream it just really got me to thinking and so i started doing it and uh in addition to that um this past Friday, I did some substitute teaching, did a little bit of glorified babysitting, and uh, it wasn't, it, it definitely wasn't like the first time I did it last year when I wrote on the smart board and had a variety of mistakes that I made and things I did. Uh, it was actually only a few classes. It was supposed to be all day, but then the teacher got back early and I got paid for the whole day, so that's always cool. Um, but I also got to share a little short devotional with with uh, a couple of the classes that I had, and of course, I shared dad joke with him. Um, nice. I can't remember which, which one, one I shared with him. Oh, I shared I shared the one that I shared on the Discord. Um, what do you call a cow? The Snow White one. Oh, that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. What do you What do you call a cow that that can't produce milk? You can either call it a milk dud or an utter failure. But um. <laughs> And so I, t- I, I told them that one. They, the older kids that I had liked it, the sixth graders that I had, they did not understand what I was talking about. Once I explained it, they gave me a pity <laughs> laugh, but that was about it. Uh, but that was the work front for me. Um, on the gaming front, I just recently, today, got the Platinum in Spider-Man. And Congratulations. I, nice. Thank very you very nice. much. That was a really fun plat. I actually, I beat the game as we talked about many, many episodes ago um, last year and I kind of took a break from it to do other things and I was a little worried when I got back into it because I'm like, what if I forget the controls? You know, I'm not getting any younger. 
and remembering controls for games, I don't know about you guys, but it's really easy to forget how things control, and it's sometimes harder to pick it back up again in the middle of yeah, you know, for sure. what's going on. But one thing that kind of happened while the, my kids, you know, and I'd shared this the past few weeks, while the kids were off from school, they just liked to swing around as Spider-Man, and so they would swing around as Spider-Man, and then when a crime would pop up, I knew that I had to complete all the crimes in all the districts in the game. And so I'd be like, let me see the controller real quick. And then I would fight the guys, and then I'd hand the controller back and say, okay, continue swinging. And so we just got this, <laughs> like, that. That this awesome trade-off. Well, yeah. We got this little trade-off where the kids would be like, oh, Dad, there's a crime here. Fight them. Beat the bad guys. And it was really cool. So we did that, like, we've done that for the past couple weeks. And then I started doing some of the story trophies, and then all of a sudden I had done all the side missions. And I saw what I had left to do, and I was like, oh, I'm – I'm not far away from the platinum. I should just might as well jump in and do this. And, you know, I took down the last few challenges. I was a little intimidated by the challenges at first. Like when I first started the challenges, I could only get like one star out of the, or like the, the basic one star out of the three levels you could get. Like you could get something amazing and ultimate. And most of the time I could only get spe- uh, spectacular, I think. And I was like, man, these challenges are hard. And you have to get them in order to get the suits. And so I was holding those off Mm -hmm. to the end and I got like this run where I was just like getting uh, ultimate on all the challenges and I got the suits and after that it was all a breeze, I think. Uh, So this morning I streamed the last hour, hour and a half and all I did was swing around and bust, just did the grinds, the the crimes. I I grinded the crimes to, uh, you know, wrap things up. Tim Pollan was there with me, GMG Morning Crew. So he represented, represent? and of course, and of course, while he was there, my chat broke, and we were actually chatting with each other through Discord. So he would write me on the Discord server, and then I would talk to him through Twitch. It was really nice. <laughs> it was really <laughs> janky, but I was like, you know what? Good whatever, workaround, whatever works. Yeah, he started writing me on there. I'm like, that works. So uh, besides Spider-Man, I also played the Anthem demo, and I got to play with our very own Jared Orr. And uh, Jared, it was a good time because it was the first time I'd ever had a verbal conversation with Jared. I'd only ever typed with him or written with him back and forth on Twitter, Discord. And so it was cool to actually hear his voice and talk with him a little bit, try out Anthem because mm-hmm. he hadn't tried out Anthem either. Uh, his voice was a lot deeper than I thought. I think because <laughs> he's so much younger than us, like just automatically in my head, I didn't think he was going to be like, hey, it's me, Jared, how you doing? But I just didn't realize his voice was going to be so deep. And I was like, all right, yeah. He's got a Did nice, you think like, Jared was going to sound like Mickey voice. Mouse or something? Yeah, I was like, hey, pal, <laughs> let's play anthem. <laughs> hey, pal. Hey, ha, ha, ha. And so <laughs> we, uh, we started playing the anthem demo, kind of went through it. We went through the first mission and... Uh, it was fine. You know, I, I I enjoyed the gunplay. I thought, you know, one thing I didn't like automatically, like it was so open and some of the villains that were kind of, not villains, the, the enemies that were kind of moving around, the, the, the creatures and the other, I guess, people or robots that you were fighting. I had no idea what was happening story-wise. It kept telling us to do stuff and I, I was just totally lost. And I think we had one guy in the group that had already done this mission over and over. So he was like flying ahead of us hitting switches and doing things. I'm just like, Jared and I are like, what's going on? Uh, He's like, I think we're supposed to fly over here and we would just fly over there. And we had no idea what was happening, but I really liked the gunplay. I thought that was good. Once I kind of got my hand, a handle on the artillery selection. uh, At first I was just kind of pressing all the buttons because 
I, I saw in the corner where there was like triangle R1, but I had no idea what it was. So when we get near enemies, I just kind of press all the buttons at once or just kind of press them each in tandem to see what would happen. And I just unleash just everything I had. <laughs> yeah, just button mash. I was like, oh, let's just see what happens. Um, but I have to say I was a little disappointed in the flying. I thought it seemed a little slow. Like I felt like it needed to have some kind of afterburner when you're like out in the open and you need to have like a, a boost. And maybe it was because I was low level or I was just starting out. Maybe it's maybe. like that automatically. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're going to have an afterburner or some kind of boost on it, but it made it kind of, I thought I thought that was a little slow. And then I have to say, when you're in Fort Tartarus, you had mentioned the fort last week. Um, did that not feel like uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag? Like walking around like you're like a tank person? Like it felt It felt totally, like a different game. It felt like a totally different game, but it was like in Black Flag when you would get out of the Animus and you're just walking around in the office and it feels totally stiff, like you're just a block figure. Yeah. You have no legs. You're like in a wheelchair or it's something. Tofu. It's really weird. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was a little weird. But all in all, I thought it was fine. It was cool to hang out with Jared, but for me it's definitely not. I mean, outside of my resolution to not buy games, it's definitely not on my radar. Um, maybe if yeah. somebody twists my arm or it becomes free to play or, uh, I don't know, something happens. I don't know. I'll, I, I'm more interested in trying this weird titled apex legends with you guys, that new Titanfall sequel. That's not called Titanfall without, without Titanfalls, without Titans. Yeah. Yep. Without Titans. I've falling. been, uh, yeah, period. <laughs> um, I was actually watching the, uh, I was watching some Twitch streamers play the game and it looks great. Like I I'm a, I'm legitimately excited to play it. Um so. Now to me, I saw the trailer, like the teaser trailer and I was watching the uh, the live stream of the reveal and it, to me it looked like it was almost a cell shaded kind of look. Yeah, it does it, it does look like that. I was like, maybe this. It looks like a, a combination between the Fortnite artistry and realistic graphics. Like they threw in like <clears> a little <throat> bit of like paint or or cartoon or some sort of cell shading uh, to make it look. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It just it looks different to me. I can't really put my finger on it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that was probably deliberate. They tried to make it a little cartoony to go a little on the side of you know, try to push after the Fortnite crowd. Um, but the actual gameplay is more in line with what you think of when you see Titanfall multiplayer. Sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. That's what it looked like. So. And I and I like how they have like eight different class characters and you'll have abilities separate from what you find in the in the battle royale battle royale area. But at the same time you also yeah. have to scavenge, you also have to pick up weapons and uh, but it looks it looks really cool. Looks really fun. One of the uh, um, different mechanics in the game, like in in any battle royale game, when you die, you're done. The, your your game is over. But in Apex Legends, if you die, you have the ability to come back and respawn. There's like there's like two different things that your teammates have to do. They need to find like a crate um, with like a, I don't know a respawn orb or some, of some sort. And then throw that orb into a certain like area, and if you do that, then your guy gets dropped in again via the plane. 
but mm-hmm. when he does when that happens um it's just like the beginning of when you drop for the first time you drop with no gear no weapons so it is yeah. up to your team to actually give you know what whatever they don't need whatever extra they have to this guy that they re, teammate that they respawn which is totally new to the battle royale genre yeah and that's really cool because it's like usually if you're if you're in a team and you die you know you can jump out if you're like if you're just playing with some randoms you can just jump out and go into another game it kind of makes you want to stick around and watch the you know everything play out yeah, yeah that does sure. sound cool and i read that along with that you have the ability that i guess is not common in battle royale games to uh ping stuff like you can mark stuff on a map that it's outside of just telling people verbally you can mark on a map where supplies are so like if if you respawn somebody you can say hey go to the blue x that we just marked and you'll get all the gear you need or uh you can mark enemies you can uh you don't have to talk to do it you can you can mark it live on the map for your teammates so that sounds pretty cool going the it's kind of going the extra mile because Call of Duty Blackout, I mean, you can mark a single object, uh, a single weapon, something. But um, from what you're saying, I didn't see that you can just mark like areas and multiple things. If you can do that, that'd be that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I was yeah, watching sure. a guy. Um, they, you know, if um, some if you see an enemy, you can automatically like you don't have to like open up the map and do it. It's just like you click a button and like I saw I saw that guy right there, and and it alerts you in the game like there's a there's dialogue from the characters that say enemy oh. spotted right there, um so yeah it's pretty neat to watch. Cool, I can't so, wait to jump ex- into that one. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. I also look forward to to finishing up Dead Nation with my buddy Patrick. We got halfway through the game I think, and we yeah. uh, we got to we got through mission five, so now we have. Six through ten to go, and it's been good stuff. Yeah. Uh, bes- besides that, that was it. Uh, for me, unfortunately, I was quite disconnected from uh, the Super Bowl. I did not get to watch. Uh, you have to definitely get uh, a much higher package than I'm willing to pay for in order to get ESPN and watch the game. Um, and in order to, yeah, in order to watch it, it's paywalled. So, uh, yeah. however, tonight I did watch. Uh, a lot of the commercials, some of them were very lame. Uh, some of them were disgusting, like the chunky milk commercial. <laughs> I was not oh, so, so gross. So I was not a fan of that. That was disgusting. Uh, uh, trying to think, I really liked the NFL one, the hundred year game, where they had all the the different guys yeah, from that was cool. that over the throw, years. Throwing the ball around the diner. Yeah, throwing yeah. the ball around and. And of course, it was yeah, funny. Was I was definitely showing my lack of attention over the past few years because there were some guys that they they acted like I should know who they are, and I had no idea. And I, f- <laughs> I felt like an idiot because multiple times, Minnie's like, well, who's that? And I'm like, I have no idea. That's It's an NFL player. And then can I you guys how... tell me? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I'll go ahead. Uh, real quick, who was the girl at the end? Is she like the first woman to play NFL football, or was she just a random girl and a random woman? They did have a they did have a female official, I believe, this year. It could have been. Oh, she might have been the female official. All right, I didn't know that. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was funny that like. Oh, go ahead. Go go ahead, Mark. (laughs) 
I'm just gonna stop talking. <laughs> I'm gonna no. I'm gonna give you your chance. I forgot. I'm sorry. What did you? No, it's okay. Like? I just thought love? it was funny. The, like the part where Tom Brady gets up and he's like, "Here, hold these," and here this. Oh, totally. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah. We definitely laughed. Laughed. Awesome. Laughed about that one. Did you guys have a favorite commercial or even a, a trailer that you liked? I I had a favorite commercial. Um, I I actually can't remember what uh, like the brand was in the commercial, but it was all like the text message conversations. Oh, like, yeah. did you guys see those? Oh, yes. So one of them like was the, like, Dad, a, Dad a sent me this dad. recipe. Yeah. yeah. Dad sent me this recipe. And then he types in like something, something Garlic recipe. Parmesan. She's like, Dad, like this he's... isn't Google. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was funny. And then eventually she just, she just sends the, the recipe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I liked I it because it was so simple. And yet it was yeah. so funny because it's so like, yeah. that's so it's real. It's a relatable life. thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think my favorite, I think my favorite one was the the I think it was TurboTax. I want to say that was what it was. Ooh, um, is that with the creepy baby? It, yes, <laughs> he's oh. like I I am sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that part at the end was funny, but everything leading up to that, I'm like, this is a creepy baby face on a robot. Like, <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Yeah, the first half of that commercial where he's like laying in bed or uh, laying on something and the creepy baby robots like next to him talking to him. I thought it was going to like kill him or do something <laughs> crazy to him. Some kind of horror movie. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was some kind of horror movie. Patrick, did you have a favorite? Uh, one of the ones that I liked was this robot that was going around uh, the city doing random things and dominating and everything that he was doing. I mean, he went to like a a weight training facility and just like punched a punching bag and, you know, and he was doing run, he was running past people. And then as he's running through the city, he's looking inside this bar and uh, everyone in the bar is like drinking or whatever this, I think it was like Michelob Ultra or something like that. Michelob Ultra. And, yeah, and he's just like looking through the window and he just like sulks down, you know, he's so sad. And it just says, uh what it says, um, if you can't if you can't enjoy it or if you can't taste it, you can't enjoy it or something like that. I'm like, Oh, yeah, poor it's robot. pretty much just like one, don't, don't, don't Yeah, beer. exactly. That was awful. <laughs> I am it's, sad. It was it, it pretty much it tells the robot you might yeah. as well put yourself out of your misery because it's not worth living because you can't go in there right now. Like it was so mean. <laughs> So he's a robot. Who can, I mean, geez, he just wants a post-workout beer. That's all he needs. Now, was there? There was another Michelob Ultra commercial where there was some lady in the Amazon or something. Is that was that also a commercial? Like she was talking in microphones and like hear the organic sounds of like opening the beer. Was that a real commercial that happened? Do you guys remember? I think I might have missed that one. Yeah, I didn't catch I that know. one. Well. That commercial looked really awkward, but I saw where somebody took that. Is another Michelob Ultra commercial, and what they did is in the video of the commercial, they inserted audio farts to it, (laughs) (laughs) make it completely childish and ridiculous. But the commercial—you'll have to look it up—but the commercial like takes itself way too seriously, and it's just this girl, this woman, and she's with these microphones. She's like, "Listen to the sound." Of opening a bottle and she opens the bottle and it's just like and then it's just this awkward silence but in the video this person made it's like listen to the sound of the 
And then it just like adds these random <laughs> fart sounds. It actually makes the uh, commercial quite entertaining. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think very close honorable mention, of course, was were the uh, the extra footage trailers for uh, for Endgame and for Captain Marvel. It's pretty excited about. Oh, that. Oh yeah. So. One of the things, like, I didn't see the Endgame one because I closed my eyes and put my hands over my ears, and I was like, oh, I nice. don't want to see this. <laughs> it was you know, so fast, like, though. Uh, it was only 30 seconds. And but well, yeah. for, from what I understand, all the promotional material, all the trailers that they're going to have out there is going to be only the first 15 minutes of the movie. So mm-hmm. you're not going to know anything about the movie, yeah. and which is awesome, which is a great marketing totally tactic awesome. for... For a movie that almost everyone is going to go see, so that is yeah, correct. I like that. I wish I everybody. I wish all the movie companies would take that and and not show pretty much the whole movie in the trailers. That would be the smartest right. way yep. to go. Because yep. at this point, people were smart enough that if you can't show something good just based off of the first quarter or first fifth of your movie, then you're. Sh- you don't. You apparently don't have that great of a movie if you have to show most of it in the trailer. But mm-hmm. I, I think you ever seen one of those trailers that sure. look like? You ever seen one of those trailers that look extremely good, and then you watch the movie and you realize the only funny parts were in the trailer? Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. It's basically you've already seen those parts. Those are the only funny parts in the whole movie. You're like, yes, I remember that, and then everything else is just downright awful. There's <laughs> nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's literally nothing else again. that happens. Yeah. For sure. Uh, the other thing was Groundhog Day. I love me some Groundhog Day, um, but I definitely, uh, since my week has consisted of 90 to 95 degree weather during the day, uh, today was the first day that it's rained in probably a week, and man, it got cold here. I think it got down to like 70. Here and I we was go. Like, yeah, Ooh, okay. Better put on Shut the up. hoodies. <laughs> better, better put on a hoodie. It's getting cold outside. I had to close the windows. I was getting a little chill. Crazy. So that would that would feel like the surface of the sun here in Ohio. Probably. <laughs> yeah, it probably. Would. <laughs> if all of a sudden it was seventy there, like all the trees and just random things would oh, man. burst into flames, spontaneous combustion. Everybody all over be melting. The state of Ohio. <laughs> My skin. <laughs> well, it was like it was like two days in a row. It was in the negative twenties and negative thirties, and it, all of a sudden it, it jumped up to eighteen degrees. I'm like, oh, heat wave, <laughs> heat wave, <laughs> man, it's hot outside. Spring break, woo. but you know seeing everybody on on groundhog day watching the movie uh i didn't get to watch the movie i was with my family the whole day and uh, i don't remember what mindy and i did saturday night but uh i still like ran the movie through my head i love that movie uh you know like like mark kind of shared in his his uh elevator pitch it's it's just a movie about an absolute jerk reliving the most celebrated day in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania history over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And then after multiple deaths and failures, he learns how to live. And I just, even though it's a comedy, like I remember watching that movie with Bill Murray and just thinking, man, it's both funny and when you get to the end, it just makes you feel good because he just learns a valuable lesson in life. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I remember the first time I watched it, it was like, I was surprised because, you know, Bill Murray movies back in the day, they weren't like 
inspiring. You know, what about Bob was pretty funny, but like Ghostbusters, it's it's mostly about entertainment and laughs for Bill Murray. So I think this movie is one of his. Other than like what, some of his newer ones, like Lost in Trans, not newer ones, they're still old, but Lost in Translation and maybe some of the ones he's done uh, as an older actor. Um, but I really like Groundhog Day for that. And you know, with that. I think it's a perfect moment to jump into our topic of today's show, the great mystery of death and its impact on our lives. So the first question before we move on uh, from Groundhog's Day is I was really curious to know, because as I was thinking about the holiday of Groundhog's Day and thinking about how he kills himself over and over and has to deal with his own death, um, if you guys were Phil, how do you think you would have taken yourself out or tried to take yourself out? You know what would be awesome? is like if <laughs> I don't I know if that's how you should start killing yourself. <laughs> I don't know if that's how you should start about killing yourself. <laughs> you know what would be awesome? awesome? <laughs> if I killed myself like this. Okay, sorry. It's like It's like... If he was in some sort of, because there was a point in the movie where he like steals like a bag of money from like a, a brink truck, and yeah. what if he was like in in like some sort of a heist and like like heat or you know something that uh, he's in the middle of the street and he's just like guns a blazing, just like shooting at everyone and the cops and you know just a firefight, and then that's <laughs> just something like that. That'd be that'd be that would have been really cool. Like a. Some sort of a, like a rated R Groundhog's Day. Rated R. Nice. <laughs> All right. That would be quite a painful way to go. But that would definitely be an adrenaline rush a way to go for sure. Yeah, it would. So Patrick I mean, I'm, wants I'm to gonna, go I'm going to die, I'll wake up the next day, so. That's true. <laughs> Six more weeks of action. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, th- I think for me, I would totally want to like free fall out of a plane. No parachute, just to just to enjoy and see what it's like, knowing that I was about to die. I feel like I would die as soon as I jumped out of the plane of a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> I never even make it to the ground. You're like, I can't believe I'm, and then you're just Dead. just a body falling down. <laughs> I'm doing this, babe. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm the biggest chicken in the bunch because when I was thinking about this morbid thought, I was like, I don't. I think at least the first time I would be so like afraid of the pain that I would just if you know because if you haven't seen the movie he gets to the point where he he's going crazy because he can't understand how he he, he can escape this prison of living the same day over and over again at first he's like loving it he's taking advantage of it and like living it up and doing things that you know people do when they there are no consequences to their actions but eventually he's just like okay, this needs to end. And he starts killing himself in many different ways. And I was thinking about like the very first time I would be the most scared. I would probably just go to the drugstore, steal some drugs, like, and just OD on them in my sleep. Like do something to where it would just put me to sleep and I'd feel no pain. I would Google like euthanasia drugs or something and just take something to just kind of drift off. Because you guys, the stuff you mentioned, like the pain you would go through, I know it would repeat the next day, but... The first time he killed himself, he didn't know it was going to repeat. And uh, so, I don't know. That's just my take on such things. Mm-hmm. Since we're going morbid, uh, uh, the mother of three, Melanie Novacell, 
she wanted to continue such things. And she said this on Facebook. She said, it's grim to think about. Um, Would you want to live on life support for a long period of time in hopes of coming out of a coma or other traumatic brain injury? My parents have put me in charge of making that decision in their will if ever the time came for them. And it's kind of scary to think about. And I don't think I want that responsibility. Um, and focusing on ourselves, kind of going with the, the Groundhog Day deal and looking at death in our own lives. Uh, what do you guys think about that, being put on life support? Yeah, I wouldn't want to be on life support. Uh, just pull the plug on me. Just just uh, get it over with. You know, like if I ever were to come out of, you know, life support, I mean, what kind of life would I live? Uh, would I even know who I was? Would I even be able to feed myself and have any way of life? Uh, so, yeah, I would just, just pull the plug on me. Just right off. Right out. Yeah. Yeah, if I can't, like, if I if there's no chance of me living, period, and living well without the life support, I mean, you might as well just, just let the Lord take me. Um, and, uh... You know, just cut me off of there, because like that's just not—it's not living at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's just not not worth it. Is it a hard decision to make? Of course, but you know, there comes a point where it's just like you need to let go and let God in that situation. So. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I would. Um, I I think the idea of like being on life support long term, like that—that's a scary thing. Because uh, there, there's so many you know outcomes that are unforeseeable i would um yeah i would want the plug pulled early yeah i'm uh while when we had our what was that would you rather this is this is kind of like an extension of the would you rather uh questions that Mm -hmm. we had a couple weeks ago i am definitely not going to go against you guys because i i'm with you um i don't i don't personally for myself see like i know there's you know there's a fine line between doing things to i guess artificially preserve your life like I don't know if it's artificial but but like you know sometimes when we do certain things like take a lot of medicine like especially when we're older taking cholesterol medicine or doing things that is kind of giving us the boost we need so we don't have a heart attack or don't have the kind of natural things happen like I think that preventative medicine is definitely different than being on a machine and so for me to have a machine keeping me alive it's one thing to to take medicines or do things that are kind of supplementing my body and helping my body continue to go. But if I can't stay alive and breathe without some machine pumping uh, my lungs and that kind of stuff, I just don't, I just don't see for one, doing that to myself, that wouldn't be living and two, putting my family through that. Like, you know, I think of movies like million dollar baby with, uh, you know, and while euthanasia is a totally different discussion and uh, you know, the, the whole situation that they went through in that movie and people going through in real life, at the same time, the pain you go through, like the hope of something happening while at the same time, the hopelessness, because it's just a machine keeping you alive. And so I would say for me personally, I would just say, pull the plug or don't put me on, don't hook me up to life support to begin with. And I think, you know, I don't know that I would go as far as say, do not resuscitate, like try to give me CPR and those kind of things, but definitely I'd say yeah. I'd say no to the machine. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, the uh, the strain that would be put on your family 
um, as you're laying there, you know, on life support, you know, unable to do anything um, other than just waiting, you know, um, not only the emotional strain, but the you know, monetary strain um, of having someone on life support. I mean, it can't be uh, it can't be cheap uh, to do that. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to put that, you know, that kind of strain, both emotionally and monetarily uh, on my family. And I just it just. It's just seeing seeing uh, seeing someone in my family uh, struggle or um, have a have a rough time because another another person just hanging on by a thread. I just wouldn't want to put my family through something like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So part of the reason, you know, I besides Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day wasn't the movie wasn't the only reason that you know I thought we could talk about death, talk about the end of our lives. Um, to talk about such a morbid topic. Um, the other reason I really wanted to talk about it is because it's, you know, it's one of the inevitable things in life. It's one of the things we all have in common. Um, I think, what's the what's the phrase? There's only two guarantees in life, death, death and taxes. Is that, Isn't there three mm-hmm. of them? Are there three? I death, don't... taxes, and PSN outages? Oh, yes. Right? Death, taxes, <laughs> and PSN outages. Oh, the infamous PSN outages. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sorry, they updated that one since I think 2009 when that happened. Um, yeah, so it's just the idea that, you know, we have all this in common. And while sometimes it can be an uncomfortable subject, at the same time, when we're all uncomfortable together, it's kind of like when everybody eats garlic, when we all stink together, or when we're all uncomfortable together, I, I find that it creates this atmosphere of bonding, of connection, where the negative can actually bring you together. Not to, when we all stink, yeah, it's a, just brings us together. <laughs> it, it brings you together, man. It's like, man, your breast stinks. You're just us too. Unity, <laughs> solidarity with garlic. Uh, so now, looking at a broader perspective, outside of you know uh, pulling the plug or something uh, of of that nature, but but kind of bringing it back in our whole life's experiences. Uh, what kind of personal experiences do you guys have with death? And, and I think it can range from, like, something serious to a family member or a friend. Um, and it can even be, like, when you were younger, you're understanding through movies or through conversations. Uh, what, what have been your, I guess, those impactful moments or those moments in your life where you, you kind of understood more about death or you experienced death in some, in some way? So when I was thinking about this um my, my personal experience with death, you know, I haven't had uh, very close uh, family members or very close friends that have passed away. And I've had family members. I've had my my grandparents have passed. Um, I've had friends that, you know, that they were friends, but they weren't like really good friends where I'm talking to them every week kind of kind of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't I haven't really, you know, had that impact, uh, you know, to me. To where it like really hit me, um, where I broke down and I couldn't think about anything else. Uh, but there was one time uh, when I kind of the, the death notion kind of hit me um, when I was twelve. Uh, my uh, my mom's dad uh, passed away before I was even born, so I wasn't really I couldn't I couldn't be close to him. Uh, my mom's mom lived in another state, so I really wasn't close to her either. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, you know, like I was, you know, a preteen, you know, like living another living in another state, you know, like I would only see her on like big, 
you know, family gatherings, big holidays, things like that. So I wasn't really close to her. Um, and then my, my dad's parents, they lived in Pittsburgh. So I only saw them on maybe once or twice a year, maybe. Um, but my, my, uh, my dad's mom had passed away. And um, I remember when I went, went to the funeral and my grandpa, you know, they had been married for like 50 plus years. Uh, they had been together forever. Um, and my grandpa was just sitting there on a chair in the funeral home. And he was just sobbing uncontrollably. And I remember the, the one of the only things I remember that day was, yes, he's sobbing. He looks up and says, she said she would wait for me. And I, I just looked at him. I was like, oh my gosh. You know, like mm. these, the, you know, like I can't even imagine being together uh, with someone for that long and knowing that you're going to wake up the next morning and every morning after that, and that person's not going to be there. Yeah. And I was like, my goodness, you know, I was 12 at the time. Like, man, I, I, and ever I tell my wife, oh, you know, if, if not every day, but every, 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 it's very frequently, I just look at her and I say, don't die. You know, like I could not even <laughs> imagine, you know, we've only been together for, it's been what, 17 years. And now is this randomly like you're like walking through the mall and you just look <laughs> no, at her and you're like, like, Hey, no, no, hey, don't, no don't die. die. <laughs> so, so something something really triggers it if so for watching a movie and uh, you know one of those like sappy romantic movies Ooh, someone, like your favorite the notebook or someone dies you know I, oh, that's that's one of the reasons why i hate it because oh my goodness you know like i put my um myself in that guy's shoes and his wife just doesn't remember him yeah um you know that kind of thing but uh but no that's that was that was my one you know, personal experience that really jumped out at me. Um, and I still remember that to this day. It really, that's, and that's why I tell Mel, I'm just, don't die. Don't die. Don't leave me. You know? So, um, that's my personal experience. Just not allowed. Nope. Nope. Unacceptable. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, um, I remember the first experience I guess I had with, with death. Um, was um, in 97 when my, my grandmother passed away. It was my, my dad's mom. Um, and I can remember um, he sort of took me, my dad sort of took me out back and, and sat me down by the stairs. And he's just like, yeah, um, unfortunately, your mom, your grandmother uh, passed away in the middle of the night. Um, and uh, I just remember, uh, she was close to me. But I mean, uh, it didn't really hit me so hard. But it was just, that was kind of my real first experience with someone close to me dying. Um, and and at the time, you know, um, I wasn't really that strong in my faith, um, so it didn't really occur to me, you know, about the you know the eternal side of it idea yeah. of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, that was one of my first, I guess, brushes with, with death and it's, and mainly my, my experiences with death has been with family members. Um, you know, you know, my grandmother on my, my dad's side passed away and then, um, in 2011, my, 
my mom's mom passed away and my dad's dad died in the same year um and and that was rough because they they had for the most part you know raised me um i mean my parents were certainly there to raise me but i mean like these these particular grandparents because my dad's um my dad's mom like i said died when i was very young and um my mom's dad died when i was like two um so i don't even really remember my grandfather um so but my my mom's mom and my dad's dad those were the grandparents that were really close to me Mm -hmm. um and really impacted my life and so that was um that was pretty hard and then uh of course the last um real death i've had to deal with was the death of my brother um he died um i want to say it was 2016 uh he passed away um and we were so far apart in age but it was just very difficult because he was my brother and we weren't i wish that we were closer than we were um and it was just kind of hard to realize that Somebody who died, so somebody who was so young was gone. He was forty three when he passed away, um, but unfortunately he had um, he had a long struggle with drug addiction, yeah. um, and there's there's a real bad problem with um, uh, heroin mixed with a drug called fentanyl, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's a really bad problem in New Hampshire specifically where he was and so uh, unfortunately he passed away from an overdose of that um and it was just it was more so uh and especially when i was at the the funeral and there were so many people who were a part of his life that really knew him and had close experience (coughs) excuse me close experiences with him and uh i didn't really have that and so that was that was kind of hard for me knowing that I would never really have that because he was so far apart, not just in age, but I really wasn't allowed to hang around with him a whole lot because of his just issues with drugs and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. But those were my main main experiences with, with death, for sure. All right. I feel uh, somber taking over the mic here, but um, I've definitely had a few experiences with death. Um one more than more than the others, but uh, the first, I guess, the first two experiences I had. Well, I, I'll start actually before that. So, um, did you guys have like a childhood pet that died? Yes. Like at any point yeah. during your childhood. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that, so I had a dog that died, and uh, he was seven when he died. His name was Boomer. He's a big black lab. Well, he got hit by a car. Mm. That was like, that's kind of the first experience I think I'd ever had really with any kind of death. How old were you? And uh, I was 17 maybe. Yeah. So I wasn't, you know, I, I he was basically my dog kind of growing right. up. But, um, you know, I was a little bit older than to deal with it. I remember I was still in high school at the time and um, I came home from school the day after he died. And like I was the first one to walk in. Nobody else was home. And it was just completely silent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, like, like that, when Patrick, you were telling your story about, can you imagine somebody being there for fifty years and then just being gone? It's like 
he was only there for seven years <laughs> and yeah. you know like that silence was just like a deafening thing yeah. right. so i can't imagine what people go through to actually you know get mm-hmm. through that mm-hmm. get through that part sure. um but i my mom and my dad's uh dad have both passed away they've uh it was fairly fairly more recent i guess within the last 10 years both of them um you know, I was pretty close to both of them. So it, it was really tough. I think the toughest part about that was, um, is so like seeing, you know, seeing the, what, like the grandmothers that are left behind like that is difficult. Cause the man, you know, especially, you know, with our grandparents and, you know, uh, like their age and the era they grew up in was a very different thing. So like both of my grandpas on both sides, like completely took care of my grandmas yeah. and, um, you know, they were kind of the more like the stay at home, like moms and stuff like that. So, uh, it's always hard to see them go and, you know, then, you know, neither grandma has anybody to take care of them. So, so that was really tough. And this week when I, well, not this week, but this week when I decided to start like thinking about what I was going to talk about this next story, I wasn't sure. Cause I don't tell very many people. It's a very personal story. Um, and a lot of people don't know it about me. So in 2015, I was still married at the time. We were trying to have kids. We went through a couple miscarriages before my wife finally got pregnant. And she was pregnant with twins. And the twins were born at, I think, 23 weeks and like five days or something like that. Um, Or four days or something. Um, So they obviously, they didn't make it. But our our baby girl, uh, it was a boy and a girl. Uh, our baby, our baby girl was stillborn, and our boy lived with us for about an hour. Mm-hmm. So we like were fortunate enough at least to get like that little bit of time with him. Um, but it was definitely, um, it was definitely an experience that just I think shaped me more or less turned me like into an adult, you know. Yeah. And um, I learned a lot like through that. And one of the things that is that that came out of that is I realized. So in the moment after they had passed, like the family and stuff was there. Um, I think we were at the hospital for like two days, you know, we had a couple of visitors or whatever. In that moment when we were at the hospital with all family and friends, um, like the only one that could like hold it together was me. And I can't like describe the feeling of um, just being able to like be strong, just kind of like be strong for everybody else. And it was almost like I felt like I, you know, I was... I, I was supposed to be there basically for everybody else at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was, um, it, it hit me differently. I think than it hit everybody else. For me, there was like a, a few months afterwards. That's when I like started feeling down, you know, and everything about it. Cause I kind of just dealt with everybody else's problems and, you know, tried to be strong for everybody else. And then a few months down the road, that's when it all hit me. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, you know, going through something like that, it, um, I mean, you, just, you learn so much about yourself, like being in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it, it's definitely, um, it's definitely had its impact, you know, even now, you know, the, the way I live now, you know, I, I try to have fun and happiness and things like that. And, uh, and I've always been very at peace with their, their passing. Um, you know, we were sad here on earth, but you know, normally, you know, normally that's the case. Selfishly, you want people to stay behind. Um, but I never, you know, you know, almost immediately it's like, you know, they're, they're in a better place. Yeah. Um, so I was always able to have like that mentality going through there. And I know some people along the way, um, you know, might lose faith and just, you know, uh, in general, you know, kind of lose everything. But, um, so yeah, it was, 
it's definitely something I hope nobody ever has to go through because it was uh it was terrible at times. But right. yeah, it, it's definitely uh, played a huge part uh, in my life. It, I can't um, there there wasn't a more important part of my entire life. Yeah, it definitely marks you forever, for sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. But that is uh, yeah, that is all for me. Okay. Well, I I appreciate you know you your your candidness and you know sharing that because i think i think that you know and this this kind of skips ahead to you know what i'll definitely mention later but but just the idea that you know you mentioned how you felt like in the moment of it happening you had the opportunity to be strong and to help others and i think that's one thing that you know is is one of the surprising things about death is that it does make us stronger and if if we kind of you know take a step back and allow ourselves to deal with the pain and and rely on others and our family and friends on God um, and it can make us uh, almost like a just a beacon for hope because you never know well for all of us you never know who's going to face that same situation and they're not going to be able to be strong and you're going to be able to help them with that um, yep. I had that same experience, you know, I've mentioned on the show before that when I was 11, my mom passed away. Um, and it was, it rocked my world because I remember growing up when I was a kid, I was a typical, you know, snotty little boy, like just like a spoiled, I wasn't a brat, but I got whatever I wanted. You know, I, I played outside and I lived a quote unquote perfect life, you know, my dad had a great job. My mom worked at home or stayed at home with me. And, you know, she treated me like, even though I had a half sister, she treated me like, you know, I was her only, I mean, I was her only child. And so I was kind of like the center of a world. And she was, for me, the only person that I felt like accepted me for who I was. And so I remember the morning of, you know, the, the anniversary of her, her death was January 27th, and I remember that morning when I was 11 years old, it was like f- 5 in the morning. My grandfather was standing in the doorway, and the light was on in the hallway, and I just kind of was coming to, and I'm like, Pap, what are you doing here? And he's like, your mom's uh, not doing so well. And I immediately got up, and when I when I came out of my room, I saw a variety of people there that I had no idea who they were, but I saw my dad crying on the bed and hunched over my mom, and I immediately ran in, and I think immediately I realized that it was more than just she was sick, that it was something more serious. And I don't remember at what point I realized that she was that she had passed on, but I know that at at the very beginning I was in shock. Like my dad was crying, my dad lost it uh, that whole morning. You know, our pastor came by, and he just lost it. And I just sat there on the couch, and I I didn't know what to feel or what to do. And you know, we went through the whole rigmarole of viewing funeral, and it wasn't until the the final like service where we you know we celebrated her life. We you know, we went to the church, we prayed, and we were walking out, and I knew it was the last time I was going to see my mom, and I lost it. Like, it was, 
I looked back on it and it was like straight out of a movie, like, you know, where everybody's standing in the back and it's just the dad and the son saying their goodbye. And I remember almost reaching out and I realized in that moment what it, what, like, it was over that I wasn't, at that time I wasn't a Christian. So like there was, there was part of me because I was raised in the church that hoped that I would get to see her someday. But there was another part of me that said, this might be the last time you ever see her again. And, you know, that moment, that week that changed my life forever. You know, like Ronnie said, I was never the same again. And, um, in some ways it made me stronger in other ways, you know, it, it scarred me. Um, but I think the greatest thing that came out of it, it created, it created an emptiness within me that, that when I realized that my mom was not the only one who accepted me for who I was, when I realized that there was a God that accepted me for who I was 100%, uh, it was like the doorway that led me to, to know Jesus Christ, to know, to know God and to understand grace and to understand, um, you know, that, uh, about being a Christian and, and those kind of things, being beyond religion, beyond going to church, all those kind of things. Like, uh, it was within the same week of my mother's death that I, that I heard God's voice, not literally, but I heard God speaking to me and, and inviting me to, uh, to know him. And so, uh, for me, I have, uh, I have, I think a, an experience with death that made me grow up. That's the other thing that Ronnie mentioned that I thought about that. It makes you grow up like the snap of a finger when it's like really, when it hits you really close to home, you know, it, it made me grow up. Like I look back when I was 11 and below and I was just this goofy kid. I laughed about everything. I didn't take anything seriously. And then all of a sudden when that happened with my mom, it just, the, the serious side to me, this, this side to me that, that, you know, thought about things and considered other people, you know, it, it really, it changed me. And then later on in life, like my great aunt, that was that kind of aunt, that kind of family member that would just take me, me and her and take me to the mall, like probably five or six years later, she got cancer. And I remember sitting with her probably a week or two before she passed. And I just, I just started talking to her candidly about about death. Now she wasn't very comfortable talking about it for very long, but you know, it was something that I realized in that moment that I had gotten maybe in some ways a little too comfortable with death because I was asking her questions that she wouldn't know the answer to, but I was just thinking out loud. And, uh, you know, it's something for me that I think because of my experiences, I'm not personally, I'm not afraid of it, but at the same time, it's, it's something that I always see as, as an opportunity to connect with people, even though in its very nature, it disconnects us from people. I think it's something that through, through God, it's something that can, can help bring us closer together in some ways. Um, and then when I was, when I moved to Brazil, probably three years after, uh, my grandmother passed away and, uh, that was, that was really hard. But actually most recently, um, I would say that, that death kind of came, knocking on my door, I guess, in the, in the sense, not in a sense of, uh, a personal death, but in terms of, I found out this past weekend that someone I worked with, uh, when I lived in the U S she passed away, um, actually at the end of November. And, uh, she was somebody, 
along with her husband that I talked to them a lot when I worked with them and it just hit me. This was just a couple nights ago, I think Sunday night. I guess that would be yes. No, it was Saturday night. Saturday night, I found out about it and, uh, you know, I wrote him and he's, he's not a Christian. Um, and, uh, I just was like, uh, I just want to let you know that I know where you stand with God, like in terms of, you know, he's not, he's not, he's open about it. And so I knew where he stood and he knows where I stood. And I was just like, but I want you to know that you're not alone. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it's just something that, I don't know, it was just, it was, it was a little, to me, it was a little ironic, I guess, that we were coming up on this, this time together. And then that happened, but I really just, I just felt like it was a, I automatically realized as a moment to connect with someone and to really just reach out and pray for him, talk with him. And so that's, that's been some of my, you know, experiences, uh, with death. Um, we have, we have a couple people in our group, in our discord group. Um, they, they didn't quite have personal death experiences, but they did kind of have afterlife, uh, death questions or, or some things that they've thought about or, uh, pondered about, and they wanted to have us do the same with them. So, uh, we first had a message from Travis Popsicle or traffic Popsicle, however you want to call him. Either one works. I think <laughs> Travis Popsicle is what's on his driver's license. Uh, he said, have you ever had an experience with a ghost? My father died when I was five of leukemia, and I swear I sent him around me sometimes, along with my grandmother who died on a couch where my kitchen is at right now. So, what do you guys think about that? I'll start. <laughs> <laughs> so Travis when I read this question I immediately thought of my grandmother uh, my grandmother who's still living um, she's in Ohio uh, in Toledo Ohio and every now and again I, I talk with her and she mentions that every time a, a cardinal uh, flies around the house or she sees a cardinal uh, while she's walking or going somewhere she feels like that's my mom visiting her and telling her that she's okay, that everything's all right. Um, and I don't get into the, the details of, you know, when she says that, I don't say, do you really think it's my mom? Or, you know, I don't get into if, if, you know, if we, if she really thinks it, or if it's really right to think that a person's soul is an animal or something like that. But I will say that, that I think God sometimes allows us to see things and feel things so that we can be comforted. And if he uses a cardinal, if he uses a couch, uh, if, if he kind of makes you feel through your memory or through, um, I don't know, some kind of nostalgic thing to make you think about a family member, I think, I think that's vital. I think that's a part of being human. Um, for me personally, I don't, I don't have a strong belief in ghosts per se, like a literal spirit of like my mother hanging out with me in the room. But at the same time, I know that at least based on, you know, and that's mainly based on my experience. I've never really had a ghost experience, but at the same time, I know that in the Bible, it talks about the people that have gone before us, the people that have passed, that they're praying for us, that they're, you know, that they're lifting us up in prayer to, to help us and encourage us. And if God, 
makes us see a vision or make us feel a presence. We can try to argue till we're blue in the face if that they're literally there or literally not there. I think it, it doesn't really matter as long as you're comforted in that moment or you're brought closer to God or you're, you're inspired to live your life in a better way for that loved one. So that's just my two cents on that. So now did that give you guys long enough to pick up your own <laughs> thoughts and ideas? Yeah, I, I don't I don't think I've ever had an experience with quote unquote ghosts before. Um I've heard people uh that have had, you know, my, my brother, you know, he had that weird thing in his his house where um chairs would just move in front of doors, TVs would turn right. around. Um, things like that. Uh, I had uh, talked about that on a previous podcast, um, one of our episodes. But one, one thing that comes to mind is uh, my wife, when she was young, uh, she was having a sleepover with her uh, brothers and cousins. And her uh, grandpa had, had passed away. And in the middle of the night... Uh, I, I believe it was the middle of the night. My wife had woken up and she looked over at the rocking chair and she noticed uh, like a silhouette or a shadow of some sort that was in the shape of her grandpa. And he was sitting there rocking back and forth, watching over them. Hmm. And she thought that was a little strange, but she went to back to bed. Um, and then when she had woken up the next day, uh, she had started to talk about it and then uh one of her cousins said that she saw it too so uh hmm. it just it's just strange i don't know if it was just because uh it might have it might have been a dream it might they might have had some some parallel dream or something like that or maybe it was just shadows from the lights from the uh, the street or something like that that made it look like that uh, but, uh, but they found, they found, like you said, a little bit of comfort in the fact that they felt like their grandpa, who they were very close with, um, was kind of watching over them a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing that really comes to mind because I don't really have any personal experiences like that. Yeah, I would, I would go along certainly with what, uh, what, tra- um, what Lucas, you and 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 what Pat, you're saying. I I don't particularly subscribe to the whole ghost thing. Um, I, I don't believe that to be the case. That there are spirits of dead people walking around. That's that's just not something, especially from a biblical perspective. That's not something I agree with. Um, you know, you hear at least in in circles to. Are, you know in Christian circles and stuff like that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord and so you know there is no limbo I guess or hanging about at least you know from a biblical perspective um and I, I can't I've never had any experience with ghosts uh, now do I believe that there is a uh, a spiritual realm of course I do um, and are there forces, whether that be, you know, demonic or angelic or whatever forces at work for sure. Um, so in, in that sense, I guess I believe in the, in the supernatural and obviously I'm a Christian, so I believe in that spiritual realm. Um, but yeah, I don't necessarily subscribe to, to the idea of, of ghosts, but definitely, 
I'm sure God, like uh, like Lucas has said, you know, brings us moments of reminders of 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 our loved ones to bring uh, to bring peace mm-hmm. into our lives. I, I guess there was one situation, and I don't really know it was a if it was really a ghost thing or just just something that happened to be coincidence or whatever. Um, you know, my grandfather, uh, my mom's dad, uh, he passed away in 1992. Um, I believe he had lung cancer. Um, he passed away. Um, and, um, my, my grandmother, after many years of living in this house, decided to finally sell the house that they were living in, um, that, you know, that she and my grandfather bought, um, and, um, they were moving the washer and dryer and they found this, uh, jewelry button, like one of those little like ring box kind of things, um, or earring box or whatever. And inside they found two quarters and they were both from the year 1992, um, which was, or, or was it? Yeah, it was 92. The year that, that he passed away. So I, I don't know what that means. If it really means anything, I don't know. Maybe it was just God bringing comfort. I don't know. But I guess that's the closest thing I could somewhat associate. But I don't know. But other than that, uh, I just think that, yeah, that's that's what I feel in terms of the biblical perspective. Okay. So, yeah, and I think like I, I for the most part, I don't know if I say like I believe in ghosts. I believe there are spirits, and there is a lot of unexplained things. So I would say that I'm a believer in that. Um, sure. I have only had one experience. Unfortunately for me, it was a negative experience. It, um, I had went to bed uh, a little bit earlier than my wife, and I can't. I think this was maybe maybe like like four or five years ago. Um, I had went to bed and when I woke up, I was laying in bed and, um, there was like a shadowy figure, like the figure, um, of, of, of like a man, like broad shoulders. And he had, like, I just assumed that it was a man because of the broad shoulders, but, um, I couldn't breathe. And I realized quickly, like it, like there were like, like hands covering like my mouth and my nose. And I panicked, right? I, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move my body. And um, I remember looking around, like I'm looking around the room, like hoping, like, I don't know, like one of my dogs ran in or something. And I was like in a total panic. And all of a sudden, it was completely gone. And I sprung up and took like a deep breath because I felt I, I, like I couldn't breathe. So I took this deep breath, like I had almost just like gone. And... um I was totally freaked out by it. I, I even walked out and, and talked to my wife like, hey, did you like hear anything? Like, you know what I mean? And I was I was so confused by what had happened. Mm. And um, I was so aware at the time that I was awake. Yeah. That I was completely awake. And, and obviously now that it's like past, I, I do like question that. Um, like, was it really a dream? Um, but what I will tell you is that um, if you look almost that exact story up online, um, there are thousands of people who have had that same experience. 
And these people started describing it and I'm reading it and it's like, man, this is the exact thing that happened to me. And like, I felt a little bit less crazy after reading all these people's stories yeah. that were almost identical Weird. of being uh-huh. like strangled or by like a shadow figure. So it, it was, it was a crazy thing. Um, and I, I really can't explain it. I know like that it was a sleep paralysis like situation where I believe that I, I was awake, but I was completely paralyzed. I couldn't move. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a scary experience for sure, though. Hmm. Yeah, I've definitely had uh, a couple moments of encountering spirits, and uh, very similar to what you kind of experienced, Ronnie. And it's definitely been a matter of where I was completely aware that I was awake, and I did a lot of praying. I did a, you know, when you have to shut your eyes, <laughs> that's not something you normally do in a dream, or you know, maybe. You do, but it just, yeah. you just, you know, you're awake and then you feel or see some kind of shadowy presence. It's, it's definitely scary, but thankfully as Christians, you know, we have, uh, we have the power of prayer. We have the power of the Holy Spirit to protect us. And, uh, yeah, that can be stuff that you definitely don't want to mess with. Uh, speaking of those kind of spirits and those kind of, uh, situations, VP Barnaby Butters, he had this to share on the discord. He said, this story is actually my mom's story. And she calls it her why you should never, ever play with a Ouija board story. And so some context. She said, my, my family from my mom's side, all Catholics, raised Catholics, all attended a Jesuit junior and high school, same as my uncles and my grandparent, grandparents. At the same time, my mother's mom's family has this trait that they can predict things or feel stuff. He says he does have an aunt that makes a living out of reading things over the phone, which is weird and probably not very a very Catholic or Christian thing to do, but enough of that context. When my mother was a teenager, she and her cousins decided to play with a Ouija board, making dumb questions and asking dumb things. And then according to my mom, they finally in the end got a message about picking up somebody. Someone was going to pick up somebody on a date a few months down the road. Well, time passed and she forgot all about it. And then one day the phone rang and it was her grandfather's assistant at work. Uh, He was a military dentist and they had called to inform them that he had passed away. And later they discovered in the, do- in the autopsy that it had been a clot in his, in his head. So he'd had a stroke and it, it was painless and he passed in his sleep. Funeral arrangements were done and all was taken care of. And she realized that the date that her grandfather passed was the same date that she had gotten from the Ouija board. And that is why you never ever play with a Ouija board. Whoa. Yeah, that is creepy. I I have never even been tempted to play with a Ouija board. I've seen it in movies. I've talked with people that owned one. I think I vis- I think I hung out with a friend once that had it in his closet or his parents had one and I was like, "Nope, not going near that." You guys have any Ouija board experiences? No, I've never played with one. I feel like I'd be, I feel like I'd be scared to death to play with one. Uh, yeah. That's exactly why I haven't played with them. No, I would thanks. be I would be so <laughs> nervous. Ouija board is what you get when Milton Bradley works with the devil. That's what happens. (laughs) Well, moving on to, I think, more, uh, I guess, more current ideas. You know, when, when you're talking about death, you know, you're either talking about the past or you're talking about what you hope is the distant future. I want to kind of, uh, come to the end of our death discussion by having, doing a little thought study. Um, I don't remember where I originally heard this, this, this thought study or this, uh, this meditation, 
this idea um, that I'm about to that about to ask you guys. But uh, the question or the situation goes like this: You have passed away, and you have the opportunity to hear what people have to say at your funeral. And so, how this uh, how this kind of meditation or this kind of brainstorming session goes is what do you want people to say at your funeral? Um, it's, it's kind of the idea of not, you could, I mean, I guess you could say, what do you think people will say at your funeral? But it's, I think it's better to go more towards what you hope they will say at your funeral. So think about your parents. And I think it would be good for each of us to, you know, and what we want said at our funeral that you mentioned, whether it's a parent, a sibling, your wife, your kids, friends, even coworkers or boss, like be as specific as you can. Um, you can of course talk in general, but I think the more specific you can be, uh, the, I guess, I think the more you glean from, from this kind of little practice. So, uh, who wants to start talking about their funeral? I'll go ahead. I'll go first. Go ahead, Mark. Let's hear it. So, so what do I want said at my funeral? Is that, that's the question? Yep. Okay. Um, so basically the fact that, you know, that I loved God and I loved other people well, and that I brought smiles to people's faces and that I was able to humble myself and serve them as, as much as I could. Um, that would be the biggest things that would, you know, I would like to be said <laughs> at, at my funeral. Um, hopefully I can, I can live that out in, in that way, but you know, just someone who was, who was compassionate about other people mm-hmm. uh, or for other people, um, and, and lived as Christ. So that's, that's pretty much what I want said. Cool. It's pretty good. Well, I, I, I'll go next. Um, I took this almost like in a whole different way than Mark did because I was thinking, okay, at my funeral, like I personally, generally the way that I live now is, you know, I just really live to have fun and, you know, do the things that make me happy. And I think at a funeral, I would, you know, I would want people to tell stories about like fun times we've had, you know, mm-hmm. like the good things that I've done, you know, even some of the crazy things that I've done, you know, get everybody laughing a little bit there. Like some of those stories I feel like have to come out, you know, liven up the room a little bit. Yeah. But, um, no, I, I think I would want, you know, I would want people to tell stories about having fun with me and, um, you know, some of the, some of the good things I've done and some of the bad things, you know, just to get some laughs. Right. It's a good one. How about you, Patrick? Well, for, for me, um, I am hoping that this is happening way down the road. You know, I want, I want my, I want my kids to be able to, um, say something. Um, I want my kids to be older because like you, Lucas, you know, like I want to be able to see my kids grow up. Uh, I want to be there for all of their milestones, you know, like graduations and marriages and, and their kids. I want to be a grandfather. Right. Um, I want to have all of those experiences, you know, um, and I want I want my kids to be up there uh, saying like, you know, what a good dad I was, you know, um, what what a good granddad I was. 
And I don't know what they're going to call me. They're going to call me uh, Papo Pappy? or, or uh, you know, <laughs> Pappy. Pop, you know? Popeye. Mm, um, yeah, I mean, like, if you're I if you're them, extra lucky, I'll, your grandkids will make up their own special name that no one's ever made up just for you. Uh-huh. And that's what they usually that's what they usually do. Yeah. Like, you know, when they're like, you know, two years old and they're trying to say grandpa, it's never going to come no, out. It's grandpa. like grandpa. That's why you get that's why you get the popo and the poppy and the <laughs> yeah. and the g-paw. You know, <laughs> you know. So I hope they call uh, you grand poop. But uh, yeah. <laughs> if they call me grand poop i don't think i would uh, balk at that that sounds awesome yeah that does sound magical <laughs> uh just signing like you know cards for their birthday yeah. love grand poop <laughs> uh, yeah like you know stuff like that i want to be able to live long uh, enough where i could be grand poop and um <laughs> Where my ki- where my kids, you know, they're up there. They say something, you know, like that. I was never materialistic, you know. I was always there for them when I need when when they needed me. Um, you know, you know, I want to be be known for. I want them to say how you know the the emotional side uh, of me, not just the funny side, because obviously, you know, I like to make I like to make jokes. I like to liven up things. I like I don't like to to be serious all the time, you know, because you know what they say, you know, laughing you know, smiling, you know, that's the best medicine, you know, just, uh, cause that's, it's really what people need is, is, is smiles and laughter, uh, to get through tough situations. Um, but they also need to be serious, but I, I want, I want them to talk about my emotional side because, you know, I'm not, I'm not great at, 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 at a lot of things. You know, I don't, I'm not a celebrity. I don't make a millions of dollars being a, you know, a football player or baseball player. You know, what I do is I have a job. I put money. Uh, I put money on the table. I put food on the table. <laughs> Twenty bucks at a time. You're putting money on the table. Here it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I, I provide for them, and which allows my wife to stay home. Uh, I want them to say that I put the family first. Uh, so, so yeah, that's what I want uh, them to say at my funeral. Cool. Yeah. That's uh that's good and I definitely resonate with you know I was thinking about what I what I want my kids to say uh what I would want my kids to say at my funeral um as well uh and and I also echo the hope and prayer that that they will be older that they will have grandkids um that I will have they they will have grandkids wait yeah they will have, they will have grandkids okay there sure. I'll have yeah. great grandkids you know I used to cool. I used to tell Mindy back when I first met her and we were in college, I said, you know, in the Bible, it says that at some point God says, okay, your limit is 120 years. And I, and I told her from day one and I was like, I want to live to 120 years old. So now I will say that over the past decade or so, I haven't been doing very good at, on my part, like (laughs) eating right and exercising and all that stuff to help prolong that. But here's hoping the Holy Spirit will somehow keep me keep me going and I'll, or I'll wise up and start exercising more and eating better. But, uh, you know, I really, I really hope that when my kids, if my kids would be put in that position, that they would, that they would be able to say with confidence that they know where I am, that, that they would be able to say with confidence that they're going to see me again someday. And Mm -hmm. that, that they would say that because of 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 what I did as a father in their life that they know their true father 
in heaven and that um, they will they will feel uh, comfort in knowing where I am and that they would that they would so clearly understand the love and uh, the the wisdom that I received from my father and from from God that I passed on to them that they would so clearly know it that they would pass it on to their kids and you know I my my prayer and hope would be that my wife would 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 say that I was her partner in crime her her soulmate uh, even though we don't really believe in quote unquote soulmates like God chose only one person um, we you know we we feel like God gives us uh, the freedom of choice and that he'll, you know, he'll prepare people for you, but he won't exactly say it has to be this person or nobody. It's more of a, you know, you choose who you love and, and God will bless it and guide it and be with it. But at the same time that because of the strong love that we had for each other, that we were each other's soulmates and that we were, um, you know, that we will, again, we will see each other again. And, and I just hope overall that my funeral is a celebration, that it's not just, Oh, he died tragically, or it's a sad event where everybody's crying. Of course, you know everybody has to deal with the emotions and cry, but but my hope and prayer is that it will be uh, a celebration, and that you know my friends, my coworkers, you know people in the church or people that I interact with on a daily basis, um, people I interact through the, with through the podcast, that it would be uh, that that he was a guy that that helped me to. To, you know, to laugh, like you guys said, to see the brighter side of life, but also that he challenged me to, to, to know God more and to walk with God. And so my, my, my greatest hope is that at my funeral that people will say that I was a light uh, for God, that it wasn't so much about me, but it was about God uh, shining through me. So I would say that that would be what I would uh, want said at my funeral. Um and I think that a, f- a good follow-up that we're not going to answer, but but just to think about, is that the things that you said, the things that you mentioned that you once said at your funeral, the the I think the logical follow-up and the best follow-up to what you once said is, what are you doing about it now? You know, how are you being what you want people to say that you were or you are? And And I think that... That's why this question is so powerful, even though it can be kind of morbid and it's like, man, people at my funeral, I don't want to think about death. I want it to be far away. But at the same time, the whole thing about death is that it it can make us better and make us stronger. You know, you you think about, you know, uh, in Groundhog Day when Phil is just like dying over and over and doing whatever he wants. Eventually, he realizes through those deaths that that maybe there's something more to his life and he starts to improve himself and he starts to help people and he starts to give to people. And I think our own mortality can, can be a springboard when we realize it and understand it and experience it. It can make us appreciate what little we sometimes feel we have. And, Mm -hmm. and I think in, in talking about our deaths, it can be a way to inspire us to live better and to live in a way that we, we, we make choices based on what we want people to say at our funerals. And so, I think it's a it's a really good thought process, and I hope that you know if you're you're listening right now that you'll write it down, that you'll talk to your your spouse or talk to a friend, and and kind of just ask them the question, and 
and share with them the answer for you. What do you want said at your funeral? Uh, one, one of our friends, one of our super listeners, Chad, Chad. he said, I want Chad Fackler. Uh, he said, I, <laughs> I want, I want someone at his funeral. He said, I want someone to freak out and scream at my funeral. Holy crap. He's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said underneath, he said, only say this if you need a little comedy bit. <laughs> and then they follow it up with, oh, no, wait, false alarm. He's dead. He's dead. Oh, wait, fal- I will have to say on a side note, even though I've dealt with a lot of personal death in my life and I'm very comfortable talking about it and dealing with it I still when I go to funerals there's a part of me that when I look at an open casket that I I feel like they're gonna like open their eyes and look at me or pop up (laughs) like like I just have this I just just have this feeling in the back of my head yeah they're just gonna be like surprise like just like (laughs) you know I know it's not gonna happen but at the same time I'm just waiting for it and it kind of creeps me out sometimes but that's just maybe that's just me. That's no, how the not, zombie that's totally not just you. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's totally not just you. I do the same thing. Mine's like a little more horrible, but I'm always like wait for them to just open their eyes, and then it's gonna be like one of those like zombies first reanimation. Oh no, where they have like the crazy colored eyes, and I'm just gonna be bolting out and of you're there. Be like, see ya. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, you definitely took that more zombieish than I, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, VP Barnaby Butters, he said, I believe funerals are for the living. He said, the soul passes on and the people that stay need to celebrate, not mourn. So when I pass, I don't want you guys to be depressed. I don't want my family to be in all black, all sad. I would like everybody to look back and be happy for the time we shared and be happy for me that I'm out of here and I'm moving forward to the next step of my existence. And be sure I will be waiting for them and waiting for you wherever we need to go to keep having fun and sharing experiences together. Well said. Cool. Yep. That is a good one. And also another part of that, he said, I don't want everybody to be wearing all black. How awesome would it be if everybody dressed like they were going to a cruise? Yeah, like, <laughs> like to your Hawaiian funeral. shirts. Everybody had to wear like Hawaiian button-up yes, shirts. that would be awesome. Yeah, that's I actually, idea. I have a shirt. All right. I, yeah, Barnaby, make sure you put that in your will uh, for your funeral. Yes. Everyone wears oh. just like bright colors. <laughs> Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. I actually Open 80s bar. windbreakers. Uh, I actually have the shirt that I want to be buried in. I've already told my wife. Uh, it's a bright orange shirt that has uh, then has Jesus on it in yellow, and the shorts are orange, like I said. And it says "Sweet Savior, King of Kings." It's a Reese's color shirt. It looks like Reese's chocolate, but that's nice. the shirt. That's the shirt that I want to be buried in. This is bright orange shirt that says Jesus on it. Classic Christian tee. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So with that, I think we're going to wrap things up and kind of share our last moment inspirations, any last thoughts we have. Uh, I'm sure Mark maybe has some nice music for us, hopefully not all depressing. This was really awkward. music, but hey, yeah, I bet it was. (laughs) It's all death metal. I bet it was. (laughs) It's really awkward to like look up songs about death. I'm like, okay. And we're going to add this to a good morning playlist. Um, but uh, I picked a few. Um, <laughs> um, and as always, you can look up the Good Morning Guys morning playlist on Spotify. Uh, you can check that out anytime you want. Um, so the songs that I picked, and two of them are, are kind of kind of funny, and the last one is very serious. Um, 
but the first couple are uh, I'm gonna put up Guns N' Roses knocking on Heaven's Door. Uh, just All because right. that's a good one. I, I thought I choice. thought about doing Bob Dylan's version, but his is kind of boring compared to Guns N' Roses version. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm putting Guns N' Roses version up there. Um, and then I'm putting a Blue Oyster Cult's "Don't Fear the Reaper." Um, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> oh, it's a good yeah, one. That is a good one because it's a good song and it makes you think of Will Ferrell with a cowbell. Um, <laughs> gotta have more cowbell. <laughs> they, I got a FIFA. The only prescription. Okay, never mind. <laughs> and oh, Christopher Walken. <laughs> yes, and and then the last song that I'm going to add, um, it's uh, it's Jars of Clay's version of a song called "All My Tears," um, and it's it's serious because it is the song that I want played at my funeral, um, and and so if if I may, um, I'm just going to read a few lines from the song, and then. Uh, You'll see why I want it played at my funeral. So it says, When I go, don't cry for me. In my father's arms I'll be. And wounds this world left on my soul will all be healed and I'll be whole. Sun and moon will be replaced with the light of Jesus' face. And I will not be ashamed, for my Savior knows my name. It don't matter where you bury me. I'll be home and I'll be free. It don't matter where I lay. All my tears be washed away. So something i definitely want played. nice um, awesome so yeah the that's uh that's the songs i'm gonna add to the good morning guys playlist morning playlist Sounds i thought you're gonna add something like uh that pearl jam last kiss where oh where can my baby be? i could do that too yeah for sure that is a yeah. great song though also good Patrick, song. I feel like you just did like a country. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, Where my uh, baby get some, get a little bit of a twang. <laughs> the Lord took her away from me. It's kind of hard to pull off uh, an Eddie Vedder, though. It's like... Eddie Vedder, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say, to, uh, if, I, if there was any way to recommend a, a movie revolving around death that I think is perfect for uh, children and adults alike, it's Pixar's Up. Oh yeah! Oh gosh! Sure. The first few minutes of that movie. Now, Jeez. oh yeah, the first fifteen minutes give you like the heaviness. It's of not death. even first fifteen like, minutes. It's like the first five, you're just like, oh my god! Is it the first five? It is, it is early. Yeah, you pretty much go through this this couple's like meeting each other and their life and kind of uh, just breezes by and then all of a sudden, boom, she's dead and yeah, and so that's that like sets up like the harshness of death and dealing with mourning and those kind of things. But the whole rest of the movie, you know, I think what's great about Pixar is they're great at kind of in a healthy way, distracting you. Like they have this little chubby Japanese kid and they have this big bird that squawks and eats tennis balls. They have this crazy, these talking dogs and all this stuff happens. But throughout this movie, this movie walks you through like dealing with death because by the end of the movie, the main protagonist, uh, the old man who lost his wife, like he pretty much comes to the realization that that her death isn't the end of the adventure. The adventure continues because of her life, and you know he he finds the 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 photo album that they had with the memories, and she puts in a bunch of photos that he didn't know about, and at the end says, "Go keep uh, living your you know go keep living your adventures." And, um, 
you know, it just is, it's so, it's such a good inspirational movie in, in that regards. And so I recommend that, you know, everybody, you know, watch that with your kids. And if, if it's applicable, talk about death, talk about life, you know, honoring people's memories and, and making the most of the time we have. Uh, it's, it's definitely super, super important. So and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all for this good morning, this good morbid morning that we had together. Remember, everybody, to connect with us on those social medias and maybe even leave a review on iTunes. We are three away from you doing something crazy, but the only way you're going to find out what that crazy thing will be is to get us up to 15 total reviews. So we're looking for some stars, looking for some words. Catalina the Great was the last one. It's going to be hard to follow up Catalina, but I'm sure you can do it. Um, also, if you'd like to join in on future episodes or connect with us uh, uh, with our community, but you're not sure how to do this, check us out. Uh, you can check out the show notes found in the podca- podcast details that have all of our info on our Discord server, Twitter handles like at the GMG podcast, our email. You can even call us at which number, Patrick? 929 GMG Guys. That's right. Good job. I thought you were, thought you were gonna <laughs> forget for a second. I, I did. I was like, but, uh, yeah. I could tell you were like uh, rate us on eight six seven. Yes, five three zero nine. That's right. Eight six seven five three zero nine. My kids love that song. Uh, yeah, call us nine two nine GMG guys. You can leave a message. You can even leave a message to intro the show, or just ask a question. It's up to you. So surprise us. We'd love it if you called in. Beyond that, we look forward to talking at you again next week on podcast services around the globe as we talk about our most cherished and outrageous elementary school stories. Let me tell you, it was not all fun and games back then. There was a little drama, a little betrayal, and plenty of playground politics. But you'll find out more about that next week. So Pat, Mark, Ronnie J., and you listeners, our friends and family, go get your good morning this week. May God bless and guide your lives as you live, work, and game. Dios te bendiga in esta vida y mais ala. Aya. Ciao. One, two, three, four. should have done the whole close in the Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> May okay, God, kids. Okay, kids. May God bless and guide your lives as you live, work, and game. Uh-huh. Oh, totally. Oh, Go get your good totally morning on. Uh-huh. the next show like that. I should have just switched into a goofy and just be like, <laughs> God bless you and guide your lives as you live, work, and game. Gorsh. Gorsh. <laughs> or I should have just gone into the Donald Duck and be like, I can't even do Daffy Duck or Donald Duck. All I can do is go. All I can do is this mad sound he makes. <laughs>